ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between and outside the fabricated gender binary, welcome to Note for Note, the podcast which takes an in-depth look at how music affects people on a personal level. I'm your host, Michelle Lightshoe. Today, I will be joined by uh, Jay Williams, who is a drummer in a couple of local bands around uh, the Twin Cities. You may have heard them in uh, Oftener and Divorce Rate. I know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. There was, a, there was a band a couple of years back called Zen Temples, which is where I first met Jay. We were playing at uh, this little punk house down on University in Minneapolis called uh, Paper House. And there was a whole slew of bands that were there. But I do recall seeing Jay and thinking, wow, they're like the fastest drummer I have ever seen in my entire life. Um... And just hits so hard, too. So, so Jay and I, we've played a couple shows, uh, Color Caster and Zen Temples, and then uh, Divorce Rate played with us, or we played with them. I can't remember really who was headlining, probably them. Um, at a club called Honey uh, a couple months back when I was first starting this podcast. And I remember asking Jay and Nate um, and a couple other people who were there, like, hey, got this podcast going, uh, would you like to be a guest on it? And they were like, okay, sure. So I've still got some more people from that night that I've got to get on here. Um, and hopefully that will be uh, within the next couple episodes. But anyways, uh, today um, we're talking about an album that's really important to Jay uh, from Hoteliers. Um, the Hoteliers? Oh, I can't remember that right now. Oh, kill me. Anyways, um... We talked a bit about, uh, you know, not only the album and how um, how it's different from other music of what kind of genre it gets lumped into, but we also talked a bit about uh, mental illness, dysphoria, depression, um, and all of those things are definitely not new ground for this podcast. It's not uncharted territory, but it was definitely uh, interesting um, to talk to Jay about since... Uh, since we don't normally get to sit down and have these sort of deep conversations with one another, and I think that that's just something that not a lot of people have in general, is time to sit down and have really deep conversations about mental illness and about, um, you know, anything that's remotely uh, thought of to be somewhat level of social of ta of social taboo. I don't really think that it is so much anymore and it's getting a lot less stigmatized it's getting destigmatized but at the same time it's still something that people need to talk about and uh expressing shared experiences regarding similar um mental issues or um feelings of depression or dysphoria are certainly uh helpful for people finding a little bit of a sense of community and also the capabilities to overcome uh overcome these difficulties. Anyways, without further ado, here's the show. I just listened to this album for the first time. How do you pronounce the uh, the band's name? It's, it's a Hotelier. Hotelier. It Hotelier. started off as Hotel Year, yeah. but apparently there was some band that got really upset about that, and they're mm -hmm. like, hey, that's ours. So they just changed it to Hotelier. Okay, okay, okay. That's, yeah, I was just like, how the hell do you pronounce that? Because I like, I'm gonna pull up the band's Wikipedia. Because spoilers behind the scenes, that's what I always wind up doing. Just, uh, 
just to have quick references. Oh no, I don't have access to the internet. Alas, my phone. So, um, just pulling up on Spotify. That's where it was. So, I listened to this album for the first time like forty minutes ago. Like as I was driving home from work and driving out here, um, and I hadn't heard anything as impactful. Uh, like, I, I can't say as, imp- I, would, I don't know if I would say impactful, I'd say heavy in, like, lyrical themes, mm-hmm. since listening to Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Fears. Like, I, I remember, like, just, there's just this raw, like, anger and sadness that just comes through in the vocals really well. I think that the way that um, the guitars are coordinated in there is amazing as well, but that's just my initial take. So, mm-hmm. how about you? What do you feel about that? So, with this album, mm-hmm. uh, it was brought to me by a friend with one song called "Your Deep Breast," mm-hmm. which say it real fast. You're yeah. depressed. Yeah. Uh, funny guy, Christian Holden. Mm-hmm. But uh, the song had a lot of progression in it, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, my friend Nate was most interested in. He's like, listen to this chorus and listen how. They go through this course three times. Yes, from Offener. Or uh, Divorce Rate, if you're interested. Um, But the first time, really light. Just really nice synths kind of going on in the background. Mm -hmm. And then they progress the second time to a nice, just marchy beat. Mm -hmm. And then the last time, just super heavy, just like driving it home. Um, The way that they layer guitars in the album is just magnificent Mm -hmm. because not all of it is necessarily melodies sometimes it's just noise to kind of emulate to emulate the busyness in someone who has a lot of mental health Mm -hmm. brain Mm -hmm. um so that's definitely why that song in this album struck such a huge chord with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) haha oh my god but like I don't know how many other how many other albums does this band have. Like, so I believe uh, they had a 2016 release called Goodness, okay. mm-hmm. and uh, Leave the Lights Out mm-hmm. is a 2011 release. Okay. Uh, so pretty much just three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when did uh, Nate first give you this album, anyways? So Nate showed me this. I would have to say about a year and some change ago. Okay. And the f- listening to that song mm-hmm. was good. I tried yeah. to listen to the rest of the songs, and they just didn't really. Sh- stick with me Mm -hmm. um until i hit a very deep depression in my life Mm -hmm. and with any album i'd say that Mm -hmm. it's not out of the ordinary that maybe someone's just not feeling it but i think that a lot of it is just being in the right place the Mm -hmm. right space mentally Mm -hmm. and once i gave it another listen i heard so much of the pain and so much of the um i would say uh dysphoria through the lyrics Mm -hmm. And it really made me sit and question myself. I remember after hearing the uh, final track on the album, I just sat there mm-hmm. for 20 minutes. And I had never had that happen with an album. Mm-hmm. When people talked about that in interviews, about how this album just changed their life, I just, I kind of thought they were reaching, but mm-hmm. this album definitely brought some closure, growth. Mm-hmm. And speculation about where I was. How so? How so did it? I kind of want to. All right, let's see. So, what were those three things you said one more time? So, I kind of want to hone in on all three of them. So, closure. Closure, yeah. Um, it brought in closure. Mm-hmm. It brought in speculation. Mm-hmm. And it brought in growth, you said. Growth. Okay. So, how so would you say that it brought in closure to you? Closure because it definitely touched on a lot of 
notes of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole album speaks to me as in, look, it's not going to be as easy as snapping your fingers and everything's better. Mm-hmm. But you still just have to go on or at least try mm-hmm. until you can. And when you think that you can't, that's your decision. And how you deal with things at that point, that's rightfully so. It's your life. Mm-hmm. But at least try. Okay. So with with regards to speculation then, where is that where is that leading you? Like what kind of things is it having you think about? Like just the full album is it just the full album that's making you do that? Or is it more or less like a couple songs that are like really hitting you somewhere mm-hmm. and you're going like, okay, like is making me kind of question something about myself or it's the full feeling mm-hmm. the album uh if i did have to describe it in one word would be growth mm-hmm. um it opens up with the introduction to the album with yeah. a fitting name yeah um just a nice instrumental mm-hmm. um with christian singing over it and eventually it slowly builds in some of the other instruments and mm-hmm. then draws it back and then comes back with a really nice punch. Mm. Um, I think maybe that song was written last because the second song definitely could have been the opener, Mm. but I think that with Christian, he felt like he needed just a little bit more. Mm. And I actually couldn't imagine the entire album without it. The progression Mm. of the album, it starts off pretty sad and somber and I mean the one the one song that I thought was like the biggest like hit was um not not like musical hit but just like emotionally hitting one was uh the your deep rest mm-hmm. which yeah that one was I was like oh that's yeah well and that yeah. brings me back to growth because the second verse is uh you're bridging off and met an end mm-hmm. um bridging off and met an end uh from all the weight that made you bend, mm. and you tried to shed your leaves, you pined for warmth, as they said. Your lack of love uh, for your dear self is sapping all of us here out. Mm. Trace your roots back to the ground, work out the knot holes for yourself. Just all those tree hits, just mm. bam, 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 growth. But in that verse, the mm. deterioration of a tree. Yeah. Um, whole song, I would assume, is about suicide. So just the building up of someone in the light of a tree like mm-hmm. that yeah uh viewpoint and then just them just sinking back down which is it really struck with me yeah i thought i thought that the imagery with that too was just i had to go back and like hold on how many like references <laughs> to trees here are there because that's just that is very well-crafted lyricism like that's it's not clunky you don't think about it too much Mm -hmm. in a way of like how they were well you think about how well they were woven um and actually there's just so much with the growth because the last song Mm -hmm. on the album is called dendron which in Mm -hmm. greek means tree like okay yeah yeah so he he knew what he was talking about Mm -hmm. so that would be i think that's still part of the speculation then Mm. or at least leading into the growth. So how would you say it affected you, your own personal growth? I think it taught me to reach out more. Mm -hmm. Um, My girlfriend at the time when I was really, really digging deep into this album, Mm -hmm. uh, she had a coworker at Mm -hmm. her 
work that had cancer and she mm. had known this and she had started mm. and just one day he got really sick mm. and his family just pulled the plug and i felt like she needed to hear that song mm. your deep breast doesn't just speak to suicide i think mm. it just speaks to loss as a whole yeah. and i remember when she heard it she had a necklace because mm. he used to tumble rocks that yeah. she had made mm. And she was just twirling at her thumbs, and there was just one mm. solid tear that left her eye. And after the song was over, mm. she just hugged me. And I think, I think it teaches a lot about what the little things can do. Mm. Um, specifically, even with the last uh, lyric in the, the album is, mm. um, and tell me again that it's all in my head. Mm. And it cuts to the acoustic part, which is the uh, acoustic version of the intro. Mm -hmm. And you just hear someone very quietly after you audibly hear him put the guitar mm -hmm. down and go, that was good. And just that little nudge, that whole album based around mm -hmm. pain, hurt, love, loss. And, and then a little bit of positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that like, it more or less give you some better coping habits with with any mental health things, or would you say it's more so that just like it gives you it gave you a better understanding of how I don't want to say necessarily how to cope with it, but like how to understand it. It made me more sturdy, okay. Um, okay. which is a uh, weird wording, but it made me it more. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um. It made me more sturdy because um, I struggled a long while with alcoholism, mm -hmm. basically from age 15 to 21, funny enough. And that seems to be how it usually is for people is they start young and then they get to 21. They're like, I'm sober now. Yeah. And I'm glad for it. Um, but before that, my coping mechanism was self-harm. And even during the alcoholism, it was that too. Mm -hmm. um, and... When I found this album, I really wasn't doing anything. I wasn't smoking, mm. wasn't drinking. I was focusing on my health. So to hit depression mm. in that state of being was interesting because didn't have alcohol to go to, didn't mm. have marijuana to go to, mm. didn't have self-harm. Just none of those were an option. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, it made me feel, it made me feel strong mm. just knowing that truly and cliche as it sounds, mm. that you're not alone in it. Mm. But I think for me, the best way for me to hear that is music. Mm. And I, I, I mean, like, you know, even going back to the album that I talked about briefly at the beginning, Transgender Dysphoria Blues, is like the first time I heard that was when it first came out. And I hadn't, like, I mean, it had always been kind of a thing, like, in the back of my head, like, maybe this is the thing. Don't. Just, you know, I'll continuously, like, shove it back bury it deep down and then i heard that album and i was just like i like it like bubbled up to the surface and then it was just like all sorts of crazy shit in my life happened and i was like shove it back down and then i just like i wound up going through so much other so many other things that i'll probably talk about in a later episode but like far too many things happened in my life to where it was just like it was getting really bad, and I just was like, I haven't heard that album in a while. And I put it on, and it was just like, you need to deal with this. You need <laughs> Exposure to deal therapy. With this. Yeah, it was just like, you fucking need to deal with this. So I think I can kind of relate at least a little bit mm -hmm. on that. Um, 
So what would you say, musically, at least, how has this influenced you? It made me take a it made me take a hard look at my lyrics writing because yeah. there were a lot of points when I was younger in writing it was more I was into the instrumental mm-hmm. um I didn't really care about what I was saying mm-hmm. um I didn't have my I didn't have my voice yet mm-hmm. and this album really took me to a place that I thought that you should only touch on lightly but mm-hmm. they put a whole album to mental health yeah. to uh, possible dysphoria to depression and suicide and not that you know that's all i want to talk about or all that i have to say yeah but i have a lot of damn things in those categories that i want to talk about i'm with you on that one Mm -hmm. too which is another reason i'm just like jazz master and loops yeah (laughs) jazz master and loops um but would you say your main instrument is drums or i would say so yeah it's definitely drums then bass then guitar Mm -hmm. okay because I, I was listening to the drums on it, and for the most part, they're pretty, like, I'd say they're, like, pretty sparse and empty. There are mm-hmm. a couple tracks on it where they just really go into it, or, like, they'll go into it for a second and then pull it back. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, this restraint and then just release and restraint and release mm-hmm. going throughout the album, which maybe that's also another theme following depression. Mm-hmm. And but, the whole pushing things yeah, down. Yeah. Um, but I'm just kind of curious as to, like, if, if any of the things on this record, like, musically influenced you. Because you did say, like, you know, lyrically, mm. that's that's something that, you know, and I'm the type of person who every time I hear, like, this is going to be, like, the third or fourth podcast I mentioned this guy, but Alex Cameron. Like, I, mm. the first time I fucking heard Alex Cameron, I was just like, I need to work on my lyrics. Like, I <laughs> need to get better at my lyrics and songcraft because, like. I mean, uh, you know, it happened when I heard Tom Waits. It happened when I heard mm-hmm. Elvis Cost, like, listen to Elvis Costello's lyrics. And I was like, fuck, you need to improve that. But, like, did you hear anything that, like, kind of influenced you on the drums or guitars or anything like that? When it comes to the guitars, mm-hmm. nothing is too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all really simple. Um, but the way that they implement it, it's just layers. The album mm. is just really good about layers. Nothing is there that doesn't need to be. Mm. Um, it's nice, uh, I guess you could say, m- minimalistic yeah. in, in terms of what's normally brought in the mm. emo slash hardcore culture. Is that is that how you define this record? Is, Not at all. Yeah. But that's uh, it's there. N- this album has been rated like one of the best emo revival albums of mm. all time, and. I don't think the genre necessarily matters, but just for the sake of just talking with other people mm-hmm. about it, that's what it's known as to the media. Mm-hmm. That's what it's known as to them now. They just yeah. kind of rolled over and accepted it. I mean, I, I was trying to think of this too, because I actually, when I was driving here and listening to it, I was like, okay, how would I classify this thing? And I was like, I can't necessarily say post-hardcore, because there's definitely elements of hardcore. And post-emo, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, w- I wouldn't classify it as emo. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... Because the band... Well, like, I mean, like, there's, you know, obviously, like, time period and stuff. And thematically, there's something. But, like, I don't know. I do want to ask you this, though. You did say the genre of emo... Are you saying the genre of emo music does not matter? 
is, is <laughs> my kind of question on that because I I have mixed feelings about that, but I want to hear your answer first. To be one hundred percent honest. Mm-hmm. Considering like the conversations I've had with people about it, I don't think anyone even really knows what emo is. Yeah, and I feel like it's since it's so up in the air, mm-hmm. genres in general to me. Like don't even yeah, really I mean matter. alternative. Like you can have Tom Waits an alternative and have Sugar Ray an alternative, and it's like <laughs> these are not the same type of music. And that's what no. you were saying. It's yeah. like a. It's all about the era. I, if I was going to classify emo uh, for myself, I would say records like uh, Three Cheers, mm. uh, My Chemical Romance. Which I think Carl's going to talk about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, Panic at the Disco. I thought he yeah. would. I really thought yeah. he would. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he would too. Yeah. It's like, I was like, Helena? Yeah, we're going to talk about Helena. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just uh, even bands like the number 13 looks like you, uh, even though they have a lot of jazz and metal influences, yeah. a lot of screaming that would most people would probably say is closer to death metal. Mm. It still has like the emo feel of, I think it's just letting loose. I don't consider emo mm. as uh, the whole stereotypical blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'm sad. I cut myself type of deal. It's, it's a free range of emotion, which mm. is why I think emo and punk mm would probably be the best described for the album for argument's sake. Um, But to me, I think it's probably just... I'd want to say alternative rock with punk influences, just as simple as that. Okay. That's that's kind of where I was going to classify it. With regard to emo music, though, I'm wondering if you feel like there's some problematic issues with lyricism with emo music because I definitely think there isn't a lot of things like Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you were to classify this as something that's emo music, I don't think that that necessarily follows that same trend. Um, even Black Parade to an extent. like mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that that follows the same trend of... Um, I would say, like, misogynistic lyrics that quite a bit of other emo music tends to. And that's the thing, though. I realize with a lot of those bands, it's around the second or third release, they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's only so long we can harp on this crap. Like, it's only so many times we can say it's this girl's fault or this opposite uh, sexual interest's fault. Mm -hmm. And uh, with My Chemical Romance, Mm -hmm. I feel like they did that very well. Uh, Even though Gerard Way was... uh, Influenced by very tragic events mm. um, to write their first album, mm. they came around to a couple songs that had to do mm. with like women, but not necessarily yeah. the whole I hate you type of deal. Yeah. Um, but then with Three Cheers, it I feel like it touched way more on the mental health side mm. and um, how you're feeling inside. So there's always growth with that. Mm. Um, there's one band in particular... Uh, and they're actually a local band. Yeah. I have uh, no quarrels, good music, mm-hmm. um, but a couple problems with uh, how emo has been represented mm-hmm. in the past few years. Because um, I believe that the big boom happened around 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyric is, I don't want to fucking be here anymore. Yeah. Um, 
Or wait, no, it goes, uh, you make me want to start smoking fat ass mm-hmm. once till I start choking. Yeah. Um, I come to find out that the lead singer doesn't even smoke weed. Yeah. And that's just like frustrating to me because I feel like a lot of these emo bands, mm-hmm. quote unquote, yeah. um, are kind of pandering a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think it's the same thing with like country music too, though. Oh, like, goodness, I think yeah. at least popular country music. You get Hazeladkins, that's a different story. That yeah. man's just a crazy hillbilly. I love that guy. But you get, like, someone... I don't know, like... Kenny Chesney, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Kenny Chesney decently, but I definitely think that, like, a lot of pop country music, you wind up having so much pandering of, like, this is my... Like, it's always about, like, a truck, a farmer's daughter, alcohol, and someone loses something, and then maybe they get it back. Mm. And every now and then there's something thrown in there about jeans. Oh, like, man. You, you, I'm like, those are... Please tweet at me if I'm missing a theme. <laughs> like, I, and like I said, I don't have that much an issue with country music, but I do think that there's a lot of similarities with mm. emo music, and even to an extent rap music, where you wind up having these same sort of um, thematic structures that mm-hmm. pull themselves into it, of like, you know... We're talking about emo music. Let's go back to that. You know, if it's a love song, it's like, she's not like other girls. She has purple hair and, like, wears super dark eyeliner. And I'm like, well, that's me. But I, <laughs> I'm not liking other girls in other ways, too. But <laughs> uh, and that's the thing, too. I yeah. think they're definitely... Yeah, themes are important because mm-hmm. it helps people identify very quickly with the yep. music. But then there's the dangerous territory of theme versus trope. Yeah. And I see a lot of tropes with the music coming out nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people, and granted there have been a lot of people over however long since the guitar, mm-hmm. drums, bass, and vocals melded together on a track in the first yeah. place. But just... Hmm. How do I put it? I think people are just trying to get popular Mm -hmm. and they're throwing just caution to the wind about how long it'll stand up Mm -hmm. to the test of time. Uh, Everyone's just about instant gratification Mm -hmm. and I'm victim of that. You're victim of that. Everyone's victim of it, but Music is such a sacred thing to me that I couldn't imagine treating it with that type of disrespect. And I, I definitely feel you on that. I gotta ask you this, too. Um, so, you were talking about working on lyrics um, a little while back, and I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but mm. I do want to ask you this. Um, with regard to your lyrics, because you're saying that, like, you know, music is sacred to you, and I feel that same way, too. I find myself continuously i'll write something and i go that's good and then the next day i wake up and i go this is fucking trash this is the worst thing how did i think this was good for a second Mm -hmm. and then i'll revise it and i just keep on doing it to where i'm just like maybe this was actually good maybe this wasn't anything and you know i become my own worst critic like Mm -hmm. you find yourself in that category or find yourself with writer's block just going like well nothing i'm gonna write is gonna be as good as anything off forced witness or anything off of um imperial bedroom so why Mm -hmm. bother i think it's because 
in my head, those people are masterclass. Yeah. I'm not touching them and I'm not mm-hmm. worried about touching them because if yeah. I'm even a quarter as good mm-hmm. as a lot of the people I look up to, in my opinion, I've already made it. Mm-hmm. Um, with writer's block, though, I definitely have it, but I've gotten really good at recognizing it and just stopping at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of tricks to mm-hmm. bump themselves out of writer's block. I don't see those as uh, productive for me. Mm-hmm because I'll just get frustrated. And yeah. even if I'm just like, let's say, get whatever out on the page, if I'm doing that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not happy with that either. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just put the guitar down and then just come to it another day. Mm-hmm. And unless I have some type of deadline for something, which I haven't mm-hmm. uh, at yeah. this point, I can't see myself doing it another way. With with uh, regard to like inspiration and stuff, you have to wait until like you get hit with something and go, Okay, I'm gonna write about this. I'm following through on it. Mm-hmm. You just do that, or are you one of those people who's just like, all right, like I'm gonna try to write about this. No, I can't write. Okay, I'm just gonna wait and come back to it. Like, I normally write in parts. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if any of my friends uh, heard the stuff that I'm working yeah. on now, they'd be like, oh, I recognize that riff. Or, yeah. Oh, that riff is cool. That was from another song, though, mm-hmm. right? Um, because what I'll try to do is mm-hmm. I have um. A bunch of songs that I've written that mm-hmm. I've never released that I'll show my friends just to get opinions. Yeah. Um, and then I'll bring it back. Let's say if mm-hmm. I start releasing all of these things yeah. uh, to the public, I'm not going to reuse guitar parts mm-hmm. or reuse lyrics. But yeah. at this point, it's all in the possession of me. So if I want to mix and match and play a little bit of a, of a jigsaw puzzle, I'll do that. Yeah. 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 I kind of going on that, I just had... Uh, similar experience i guess with one of my guitar parts like mm-hmm. i wrote this guitar part and i was like i don't have like a chorus part for this and i was playing this other thing i was like i don't have like chorus for this i was like wait a minute can i use one of these as a chorus and one of these as a verse and i just was like they string together perfectly mm-hmm. so i guess i can and i was like i've had both these songs for like four three four years and i never thought to put them together what the hell i know i know that has definitely happened way too Mm -hmm. many times of just like wow that just let in so gracefully yeah and i just clunkily fell like onto this like solution to this song um with uh with the way that uh i write Mm -hmm. i write the guitar parts first Mm -hmm. plug in the lyrics just like most bands do yeah that's Um, what i tend to do mostly Mm-hmm. just mumble until something kind of sounds coherent i mean mm-hmm. that's led to like titles of certain songs there was a song that uh nate and i worked on about a year or so ago mm-hmm. called little dog and the only reason it's called little dog is because in the re- first recording of it he's just mumbling just yeah. gibberish and then you just hear him say little dog don't be fooled and i'm like i love that yeah that song's called little dog nice nice I'm trying to think is there anything else about this album that you want to talk about because I see you have a little bit of notes here, and to be honest, you are the first person who's actually prepared notes. Well, it's because I respect uh, I respect the music, so yeah. I don't want to just try to recall all of it from the back of my head, because no, even though I love this album, yeah, that's hard to do. You're good. So uh, this album has so many nature themes mm-hmm. like I've talked about, um, even with the song names of Among the Wildflowers, Dendron, which again means uh, Greek, or is uh, Greek for tree-like. Mm-hmm. Um, this album to me isn't a solution is what I wrote down. It's uh, more of a resolution to move forward. Okay. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, specifically the, the last song 
has the line, uh, and tell me again, it's all in my head, but he layers a scream on the back mm -hmm. of it, and it cuts off right uh, before head, and then it's just guitar screech. Mm -hmm. Just the greatest guitar screech, because to me, the calm voice in which he's singing with mm -hmm. is the person telling the yeah. other person, it's all in your head, and to him, it just goes into that static, yeah. that static that I feel a lot of us have day to day. Mm -hmm. Just crazy noise and nonsense that at points not even the closest people to you can understand mm. and it took me a while to even hear that and that's the thing i probably listen to this album no exaggeration three or four times a week right. since uh since i've and i can't i can't put it down mm. like even if i if i stay away from it for a week mm. i feel feel like i'm missing something yeah then i listen to that album and i just feel whole again mm. And uh, there's a couple songs mm -hmm. that uh, strike a chord with me, but I'm. Um, it's the song "Life and Drag," mm -hmm. and to me, it tells a story of a person who is possibly transitioning, mm -hmm. um, interacting with someone who's very close to them, who is accepting them because they love that person, but is still part of the opposition mm -hmm. to those LGBT groups yeah. and the struggle for that person to know this and how difficult it must be to, well, basically taking what you can get mm -hmm. because you can't make everyone understand. No. You can't. No. And to have someone that close to you understand because of blood. Mm -hmm but not for anyone else. Yes. It's really painful. Yep. And I've, and I've definitely been in that position. That was one of the other songs on here that I was just like, <laughs> just yeah. like I, when I finished that one, I was just like, wow, like that's, I was like, I, thank God I didn't take my estrogen this morning. Too. Like, <laughs> like, I would cry. I'm like, at least I can take it tonight. And then just, if I want to cry myself to sleep, I could throw that song on and just, take my six milligrams or whatever oh exactly oh i remember specifically the first time i even looked up the lyrics because mm -hmm. uh lyrics came way later for me um yeah. in learning um this album but yeah. i was at a bus stop on yeah. my way to the practice space to play some music mm -hmm. and <laughs> i was i knew the song was titled life and drag i hadn't mm -hmm. listened to it that many times so i pulled it up and i'm like what is he saying around mm -hmm. this and it just blew me away like yeah. honestly uh the last lyric you wore the binary like a badge of fucking honor while mm -hmm. i struggled with the loss of another life in drag mm -hmm. and it's just crazy because yes the life expectancy of a colored trans woman is 35 years mm -hmm. we haven't seen life expectancy like that since like the 1500s to like yeah. the 1800s with fucking cholera and the black plague and all of that garbage it's and ridiculous. no one seems to understand the gravity of that no and the other thing is like Half the time, I'd say no one seems to give a shit about that, which mm -hmm. is, I think, even more frustrating. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like, you know, I'm trans, but I'm white now, like, and people like, like, I'm like, like my life expectancy is like 50. I'm like, I'm like, that's not great. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, for someone who's Hispanic or black or any other. Oof, or Native American. Yeah, oh my God. That's, yeah. that I think is. I think that one last I saw research wise was twenty three. No. Yeah, it's bad. Like, I and that was a couple of years ago when I saw that because they did like statistics of like 
essentially like generate they did this huge thing in one of my uh lgbt lit and film courses mm. um and it was in our transgender uh unit which is where i got another book that was mm. just like read it bitch fucking you know <laughs> anyways but like i just remember looking at those stats and just being like oh fuck i'm gonna die like it's it's not good shitty mm. but. it's a very very rough reality mm. that uh i'm curious about too because within any music scene there is anywhere no matter how many tolerant people there are mm. there are many intolerant people i yeah. wonder how many people skip past this track because they know the contents mm. um which is a sad thought but hmm, interesting because i wonder yeah. if let's say because i don't know for certain i mm. haven't talked with him mm. um I know that in interviews he's been okay with going yeah. by he, but I wonder if Christian uh, has feelings of dysphoria mm. and how people would react if he mm. were to come out as trans or mm. change his pronouns, uh, yeah. how people would respect that, how people would treat the band. Because, mm. you know, there are a lot of snakes in the grass with that. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are very quick to write off a band because of the color of someone's skin or someone's mm. sexual orientation, which makes no sense. Mm. No. Uh, or no. people so. who, yeah, or people who just don't do their research. Mm. I would love to see the asshole who has been listening to Against Me for years yeah. and then just figure that out. Just, yeah. Mm. yeah. And that was and that was kind of the thing for me is I remember when I was in grade school, like Laura Jane Grace, I uh, was one of my fucking big punk icons, and I was like. Yeah, like fuck yeah, against me rules. Like, two thousand seven, new wave came out. And I was like, this shit's the best. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like five years later, she comes out, and I'm just like, fuck, I, <laughs> damn it, this is me. I know, but don't, but push it down. Mm -hmm. Don't think about it. And then Mac, Mac, the other Mac, a couple of years ago, brought it up to me. It was like, did you know that Laura Jane Grace is trans woman? I'm like, uh huh, yeah, I, I do know that, Mac. Mm -hmm. I do know that. And it's solidarity. It is solidarity, and I just, like, kept it until it was just, like, once again, like I said, alright, bitch, listen to this fucking album again. I saw your Facebook post about her. Don't think I didn't oh, notice yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, she's, yeah. Yeah, I talk about her too much. <laughs> mm. IRL and on the internet. Hey, there's no problem with that. Heroes. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, did you have any other points that you wanted to touch on with this? Uh, basically just some Sorry, final just notes. Oh no, totally fine. <laughs> uh, final notes I just have about it is this whole album just speaks growth through nature imagery, but you can fall back on growth and you have to start again. Each season comes and goes. Sometimes the snow is heavier. Sometimes it's just brittle cold. Summer brings vitamin D and lifts depression for some. In dangerous cities like Chicago, it's another call to arms. No matter what the season gets you through, get through. That's good. That's a good place to end. Thank you so much for being on, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Since uh, talking to Jay about that album, I've listened to it probably three or four times uh, since the interview. Um, I want to thank Jay once again for being on the show. I also want to do a quick shameless plug here. Uh, Colorcaster does have a show coming up. On February 17th, which I believe will be the Saturday of this show's release, um, we're going to be playing at Cadence with Cloud and uh, Heartstrings. 
Uh, Heartstrings is a band featuring Colorcaster's original drummer, Mac Byrne. Um, and I believe it is going to be Cloud's last show. So if you want to see them uh, perform live, please, please, please come out and uh, check out the show. Um, a couple other quick housekeeping notes. Thank you to Tony for helping me edit the podcast, or more or less doing all the editing for the podcast. Uh, this show would not exist without you. Uh, thank you to the Pretty Punk Network, which is our host. Uh, thank you to Andre Barnes and Carl Johnson for being uh, amazing bandmates and allowing me to use our song Lines as the theme of our program. And I want to thank our listeners um, for tuning in. I see that it seems to be growing a little bit every week. Uh, please spread the word. Um, I don't have enough money to pay to advertise this show, so so just uh, tell your friends, say, hey, like there's this show about uh, trans girl who talks to people about music, um, gets into weird in-depth conversations. Um, so that might be a tagline. I don't know. That's just how I kind of market it to people when I'm asking them, hey, do you want to be on my show? So, uh, there's that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Heynari, H-A-Y-N-A-R-I, and I generally talk about the podcast using the hashtag note for note, N-O-T-E, F-O-R-N-O-T-E. Uh, sorry for talking so fast, but I want to make sure that I'm able to get this underneath the time limit for, for episodes that can fit up on the internet. Anyways, um, thank you to everyone for listening, and uh, have a splendiferous, probably already used that one, week. If you choose.